Good morning to each one. We are glad to have you here with us at uh, Central Church of Christ in Johnson City, Tennessee. It's the first day of the week, the Lord's Day, and we're called upon to gather together and worship our Heavenly Father. And we look forward to these occasions. Uh, we appreciate each one who uh, has joined us this morning, whether here in the building or at home. Uh, God bless you for uh, being with us. Let's uh, put every outside thought away and concentrate on giving praise to our Heavenly Father. Good morning, everyone. If convenient, please stand and join me in singing our first hymn. Hymn number 121. Hymn number 23, Our God, He is Alive.
excuse me, before we go to God in prayer, we'll be singing hymn number 770. Let us pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come to you this time uh, so thankful to uh, be worshiping on this Lord's Day, whether it's here in the building or virtually, Lord. We're, um, we're mindful of the things that are going on in the world, and we're just uh, uh, very blessed to have these avenues to, to still be able to worship you and, and despite of, in spite of the circumstances, God. And um, we know that there's so many that are uh, sick and dealing with... Uh, uh, a lot of things like that, Lord. We ask that you just uh, be with them and and all our nurses and doctors and uh, everyone that are tending to them. And just uh, uh, we know each of us are are affected by uh, uh, loved ones that are dealing with difficult things right now. And we just ask that you uh, be with them and also be with us as we uh, work through dealing with those things, Lord. And um, we're so thankful for our uh, our students and our youth, Lord. And uh, we ask that they have a have a great year and that uh, you put your hand over them and uh, protect them through uh, just this school year, Lord. And um, we also just ask that you uh, be with us as we worship today. Help us clear our minds and to focus in on um, your word and to, to learn more about you, God. And um, we just ask that you be with us this week. Uh, help us to uh, seek your face in all that we do and um, to be good examples and to, to lead by example. Um, and we thank you most of all for, for sending your son to die for us and to forgive us for our sins. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Before we have our scripture reading in today's lesson, we'll be singing hymn number 507.
morning scripture reading be 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 16 and 17. So we do not lose heart though our outer self is wasting away our inner self is being renewed day by day for the light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Good morning. May not be the Tim you expected this morning, <laughs> but we're, uh, I'm excited to be able to, to speak to you this morning because today is a very special day for us. Today is our Welcome Student Sunday, and we uh, want to extend that special welcome uh, to our college students that are here today. And not just our college students, but also uh, I know we have several medical students, we have several graduate students, we have uh, several here that are working as they adjust to their next phase in life, and you can be considered into that category too. We love college students at Central, and we're glad you're here. We want you to make Central your home away from home um, while you're here studying or working or whatever it may be. We have been very blessed at Central uh, for decades now, longer, longer than I've been associated with it, and I've been associated with the college program for a long time, but we've been blessed to be able to serve and minister to college students for, for decades, and it's our desire that while you're here, that uh, in our ministry is to plant seeds and plant seeds that we may never see the fruit of. Uh, we want to plant seeds and leave a legacy of our graduates across the country so that uh, when you graduate 
and you go to serve God anywhere, that they can say, wow, that, that, that student, that person, that leader, that preacher, that Bible class teacher, they must have been involved at Central. I can tell something different about the graduates that come from Central, from ETSU, from Johnson City. We have had a great first week um, of, of our, our campus program, of our semester. It has been amazing. We have, uh, the, the last three semesters, as you can imagine, have been uh, weird, just to say the least. Uh, spring of 2020, we completely and abruptly suspended our semester um, right in the middle of the semester and uh, just stopped and, and went on to Zoom, and, and that's all we were able to do. The fall of 2021, or excuse me, fall of 2020, ETSU was mostly remote and online, and so our students who we are usually expecting to be involved with us, many of them who lived out of state or further away, they didn't move back, and they did their classes online. And then back in the spring of 2021, things were starting to get a little more back to normal, but it, it, there, there were still a lot of restrictions, and ETSU was still mostly remote, and a lot of students hadn't returned to campus. And so this semester, we're very excited because students are back, and I had an opportunity to be on campus at ETSU this week, and it is buzzing with activity. Uh, it was neat to see the campus moving again. Uh, it's, it's weird to drive through the campus in, in September and no cars be there. It's not the case now. You can't find a parking space at ETSU again. It's, you know, everybody's complaining about that again. Uh, there's all kinds of activity. Uh, and I was with many of our students on campus as we handed out a thousand of these schedules. This is our schedule for the, the semester. And we were inviting students to uh, many of our functions and the things that we'll uh, be doing this semester. And just to kind of tell you about their hard work real quick and what, where, where we're at. When we suspended activity in the spring of 2020, um, you know, before we realized this, this pandemic was going to be what it was, we were averaging about 35 to 40, and, and usually the spring, we don't have as many involved as we do in the fall. So th that, that spring, we were around 35 to 40. We were probably a little bit more as far as students who were active and involved with our campus ministry. This past spring, spring of 2021, with many of our students not moving back and, and so many restrictions going on, we were averaging about 15 uh, students that were involved. But through the uh, hard work and planning of a lot of our students, uh, students that brainstormed over the summer, students that, that thought of different ideas and worked really hard to decide what we're going to do to rebuild this semester. On our first Bible study of the semester this past Tuesday night, we had 43 students that came and joined us, which we thought was amazing. About 33 of them had never been to 708 before. Um, on Wednesday night, we had a great Bible class, and we were able to feed our students, and we thank Ren and Stacy for providing some Texas-grade brisket uh, for, that, for that evening. Uh, we had a great Bible class Wednesday night. Thursday, we had 40 students come join us at an event that we had hosted at Paradise Acres, a local uh, putt-putt place, and uh, so we, and last night we had a bunch of students come, we had a game night, and we decided who has the best pizza in Johnson City. We got pizza from a bunch of different places, and uh, the, the vote was a tie, so I get to be the tiebreaker vote and tell you that Cootie Browns has the best pizza in Johnson City. Uh, <laughs> you can fight me on that if you want to. Um, there was a lot of good pizza that night, though. Um, but we've been having a great week, and we've got a lot of stuff planned for, for this semester, a lot of different things going on, opportunities for fellowship, we have opportunities for service, we have uh, chances to meet new people. But the most important thing we have to offer you while you're here is an opportunity to grow in God's Word. And that is our goal. Our goal is to help you in that quest. And let me tell you, we can't make you a stronger Christian. But what we can do is support you with prayers 
and we can support you with tools and encouragement and we can study with you so that when you leave, you are a stronger Christian than when you came. And that we can plant those seeds and leave that legacy wherever you go so that you can be an asset to the kingdom wherever you're planted. We're here to help. We want to be your family. In fact, in just a little bit, we're inviting all students, if you're a grad student, med student, whatever the case, uh, just downstairs uh, at, on the bricks, just outside on the exit, we're going to have a reception in your honor And we hope that you'll come by and take a few minutes to meet us. There's going to be food there. I know if if I want a college student to come, I have to have free food. There's going to be a little, there's going to be some appetizers there. And there's going to be an opportunity for you to meet some of the families here at Central who want to adopt you. And they want to adopt you into their family so that they can pray for you. And so that they can make sure that all of your needs are being met. So please come join us. And to the rest of you here um, with us here this morning, you are now deputized. You are not allowed to let a college student get by you without sending them to uh, this exit down here. So by whatever means possible, if you have to drag them kicking and screaming, it's okay. Uh, We want all of our students to come. So that should be a warning to the the rest of you students who thought you were just going to cut out of here. You need to come see us. You need to come, come get adopted. We love students at Central. We do. We love students at Central, and we have proven that over the years, that we love our students. And we all know what it was like to be in that phase of life in our late teens and early 20s, where we're just getting started out in the world on our own. And we know there's a lot of burdens. We know that you're carrying a lot of burdens. And sometimes in the midst of all those burdens that you're carrying, it can feel like you're drowning. And the worst part about getting into those times is when it feels like no one cares. And I'm here to tell you that we at Central, we care. We care a lot. We care for all those burdens that you're carrying right now as a student. We care about those things that you're dealing with. But I also need to properly set expectations when I tell you that we aren't perfect caregivers. We try our best, but we're still human. And there's going to be times that, that our own burdens make it difficult for us to see your burdens. Uh, We want to help, but sometimes we're not going to know the right things to say. And sometimes we might even say the wrong things because we're not perfect. But we do care. And we want to care perfectly, but we just can't because we're human. And I think that you're going to find that Central Church of Christ is one of the most caring congregations you've ever met. But even still, we're not perfect. I really appreciate Matt leading that song uh, right before the lesson, Does Jesus Care? Because in our imperfection, his perfection shines through. He is the greatest caregiver we could ever have. And let me tell you, even as imperfect as we are as caregivers, as the church, we are infinitely greater than the care that the world will show. Because the the world doesn't care. You know, this week when you're running across campus because your professor in your last lecture didn't respect your time and went late by five or ten minutes, and you're running across campus and in your haste to make it to your next class on time, you trip and you fall, let me tell you, the ground does not care that you're running late. And the ground is going to hit you as hard as it possibly can when you fall. And you're going to get up and you're going to go into your next class and that professor doesn't care that you were late or that you fell down and they're going to mark you as tardy. And then when you go to work later that night, the the table that you're serving, they don't care that you've had a hard day. They don't care that you were late in a class, that you fell down, that you were tardy. No, they, they just care that you're not as chipper as they feel like you need to be and so they're going to leave without tipping you. The world doesn't care. It doesn't care. 
and, and circumstances happen, and it's, and, it's, and it's hard. And life can be very emotionless and uncaring, and we've all experienced this uncaring, unforgiving world. Yesterday, I reached out to college students and young adults and to, to see what some of the burdens that they are carrying were. And I got several emails and messages with, with different things, and I'll read you a few of them. Um, someone told me, the weight of expectation is a burden I carry. The weight of expectation for good grades, for graduation, for a good career, and that weight of expectation is leading me to a fear of burnout. Um, a, a couple actually told me, an environment full of change, full of bad news, Hateful arguing that we see perpetuated in the media weighs heavy. Someone else wrote, learning to be an adult is very scary for me. Learning things like time management, meal preparation, and fitting in with other grown-ups is frightening. Uh, deadlines and the overwhelming feeling that you can't finish everything. And then I got one that said, I'm burdened by my past mistakes and sins. And I have to admit, even after being in campus ministry for most of the last 17 years, I was somewhat surprised by these responses. Um, I really expected to see things like finances. How am I going to pay for tuition and, and, and rent? Uh, I expected relationships. I expected um, the future, worrying about the future. I expected those to be higher on the list. And not only were they not high on the list, they weren't even mentioned. <laughs> which either says I'm out of touch or burdens continually change, and maybe it's a little bit of both. And when you're dealing with things that not even your campus minister can expect or understand, and when life is being especially uncaring, and it's continually dealing blow after blow after blow, and, and, and it feels like you're, you're falling, it can, it can really feel like you're drowning, can it? In Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, Jesus is tired. Uh, the crowds are growing larger. He's been teaching and preaching and healing. And his body didn't care that he probably would have liked to have done more because his body said, it's time to rest. You need a break. And he's been teaching in a boat, so he tells his apostles when evening came, Let's take this boat to the other side. I need to rest. I need to get away. And we've, we've all been in that situation before, right? I need a, I need a minute. We're, we're tired. I'm overwhelmed. I need a break. I need some peace. I need to just do nothing for a minute. Because the world doesn't care. And I just need it to stop for a second so that I can collect my thoughts and decide how I'm going to tackle this next obstacle in front of me. I need to rest. I need to get away. So Jesus says, let's take this boat to the other side. And in verse 37, it says a great windstorm arose. And the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling with water. This is a pretty scary scene, even, even for experienced fishermen like the apostles. This is pretty scary. The boat's cracking. It's probably making noises they've never heard before. The wind is, is blowing hard, and this is an all-hands-on-deck situation where these men are just trying to keep the boat from ripping apart. The waves are crashing. The water's starting to fill the boat. That storm didn't care that they were just trying to get to the other side. The storm didn't care that they were tired and needed to rest. That storm was there and they had to deal with it. I've never been on a large boat that was filling with water, thankfully. I've never been on a large boat during a storm. But I have had situations in my life where I felt like everything around me was falling apart. And that if a stabilizing force greater than myself did not quickly intervene and save me, those walls of protection would soon be breached and I would be 
drowning. I felt like that many times when I was in college, and I can assume that college students probably feel that way a lot, especially with some of the burdens that they've shared with me. But we also know that those emotionless storms of life, they don't care how old you are or what stage of life you're in, do they? Because blindsides like layoffs and and illness and loss and tragedy, those things don't care that you're already dealing with the weight of expectation or, or deadlines or learning to be an adult or whatever else it is that you were battling before. Those things don't care and they're still going to happen. And, and you feel like this uncaring world is just rocking you back and forth and that the walls are caving in and that very soon you'll be drowning. And the apostles felt that. And so in verse 38... It says, he was in the storm, at the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I like how Mark documents this, where he said, they woke him and said. Because the blame doesn't get accredited to just one apostle. Because either they're all in there saying it together Or maybe just one was saying it, but they were all thinking it, right? They were all thinking the same thing. Do you not care that we are perishing? That we are dying? That our boat is about to break apart? And maybe we think the same thing. Do you not care that I'm perishing? That my boat's about to break apart? That that my life is falling apart in front of me? That I'm overwhelmed? that my bank account is overdrawn, that I don't have any food left in my refrigerator and that I'm failing biology and I don't know how to get out of this toxic relationship and, and my rent is past due. Do you care? Do you not care? Jesus, the winds are blowing. The waves are crashing into my boat. I'm about to die. Do you not care? So we see here in this chapter that first, Jesus rebukes the wind And in verse 39, it says, He awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. You know what I realize here? The storm was emotionless and did not care about the apostles. But the storm cared when Jesus spoke. And if we are facing these storms in our life, those storms don't care about us. But they do care when Jesus speaks. And if we want to affect any kind of change on those storms, we have to invite him to be part of that storm with us. And after he rebukes the wind and the waves, he turns and he rebukes the apostles in verse 40. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Did you really just ask me, do I not care? Do I not care? Uh, What do you mean, do I not care? Where have you been? Where have you been? Did did you not just see me heal the man with the unclean spirit? Did did you not just see me heal the leper or or the the paralytic or the, the man with the withered hand? And you're asking me, do I not care? Don't you remember the crowds of people that I've just been teaching and preaching to? And you ask me, do I not care? Didn't I tell you there was a plan? Didn't I just get done telling you about the kingdom? And you're asking me, do I not care? Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Of course I care that you're perishing. Don't you understand though? Don't you understand that you were perishing before you ever stepped foot on this boat? Don't you understand that from the moment you drew your first breath in this world, you were one breath closer to your last. Of course you're perishing. We're all perishing. We're all dying. And Jesus says, that's why I'm here. To overcome the dying. I'm here to teach you how to love and how to serve and how to be prepared to leave this uncaring, emotionless world. Of course he cares. And that's what he's trying to tell the apostles. He's saying, listen, I, I care. 
In fact, I care, way, I care about way more than just this windstorm. Because if you think this momentary windstorm that you're fighting is bad, man, this is little compared to some other big things in your life that you're going to face. And I've got you for all of that. And I'm convinced that Peter must have learned something that day. Because later in his life, he would go on to write in 1 Peter 5, verse 7, to cast all your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. Jesus says, of course you're dying. Of course you're perishing. We know now in Hebrews 9.27 that it's appointed for man to die once. It's going to happen. We're all here at different stages of perishing right now. And age is not a factor in that. We have no idea when our expiration date is. But we're all perishing, aren't we? And we could ask Jesus the same thing. Do you not care? Do you not care that we're perishing? Do you not care that we're dying in this room this morning? Do you not care that, that this time next year there may be some of us that don't come back to this room? Jesus cares. He cares about death. But just not in the same way that we care about death. In John 11... At the funeral of Lazarus, Jesus wept at the heartbreak of Lazarus' family. But he didn't weep about the death of Lazarus because he knew that he was going to see Lazarus again. And so when we ask Jesus, don't you care that we're dying? I think Jesus would say, yes, but I care more about how you're living. I care more about how you're living because I want to see you again. Outside of this uncaring, emotionless world, in a better place, where dying doesn't exist. Disciples in the boat, disciples sitting in this room this morning, disciples that are listening online, I'm here to tell you that Jesus cares. The world doesn't care. The world will beat you up, that is for sure. We here at Central care as much as we possibly can, but we care imperfectly. But Jesus cares perfectly. And all of the things that the world will throw at you and beat you up with, Jesus says, cast those on me because I care. Jesus cares so much. He did care uh, about the apostles in the, in the boat. And one day they would find out just how much he cared. Because in John chapter 20, after showing himself to the rest of the apostles, here comes Thomas in verse 27. And he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. And, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God. How much does Jesus care? He cared enough to take that abuse, to take those nails, to take that spear. Jesus cares. Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. We sing a song in 708 and at High Rock. Can he still feel the nails every time I fail? Can he hear the crowd cry crucify again? Sometimes I wonder, and, and a few months ago I asked this question on a Taily Vocus video. Um, can he still touch the scars? Can he still see his scars? You know, we ask, can he feel the nails, but can he still see the scars? And when we get to fulfill his plan one day, and when we get to see him in eternity, will we see those stripes that healed us? He said, how much, we ask, how much does he care? He cared enough to heal with his stripes and to take on the chastisement for our peace. And what a brutal and wicked torture that Jesus had to endure. When I was a freshman in college, um, my grandparents paid for me to come visit them in Texas. That's where they live. That's where I was originally from. And uh, during spring break, I went to go visit them. 
And as soon as I arrived, my grandma took me out and she took me shopping and just spoiled me with a bunch of clothes and stuff I would need for, for school. And uh, every morning, me and my grandpa got up, and we were on a mission to find the best breakfast tacos in the San Antonio area, and we did that every morning. We went looking for tacos, and when it was time for me to leave and go back to school, um, they both gave me cash to, you know, uh, be able to take back with me and have some money while I was at school, and I was overwhelmed, and, and I told them, I said, you know, one day I'm going to try to pay you back for all this, for the money, but also for all the things that you've done for me while I was here. And my, my grandma cut me off. She was not having that. And she said, no, 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 no. This was all worth it to see you. And I think about a mother who's gone through intense labor and the struggle and the pain and the screams to only minutes later be smiling, holding her child, and saying, it was worth it to see you. And I think when we gaze upon the scars of Jesus in glory, he'll tell us, these were worth it to see you. Because he cares. It seems like recently we've lost, in fact, Ann and I were just talking about this before, service we've lost so many recently and great soldiers of the cross who have left this life and are now seeing firsthand how much Jesus does indeed care I can't help but think about our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan worshiping today many of who have have, have lost their lives many uh, because of their faith are living in fear and enduring Uh, so much that will probably lead up to their death because of their faith in God. I think about my mother and the health struggles that she endured her entire life, uh, the hardships that she endured to, to draw a single breath, and that she kept a joyful spirit, literally to the end, to 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 use those breaths that were so painful to draw to praise God. To, to, to encourage people to come sing with her on her deathbed. I think of the beautiful soul we lost recently in Karen. And I asked her daughter if it was okay to share this. But as we listened to her memorial service, it struck me that in her final days, she was asking her mother, what can I be doing for you? And, and, and Karen, as she must have been certainly hurting and, and in pain, she was thinking about how she could serve others. A joyful servant till the end. And you know, as Jesus would say, it was worth it to see you. I believe if we could ask these loyal servants, these soldiers of the cross. I believe if we could ask the servants in Afghanistan, or if you could ask my mother, if we could ask Karen about all the struggles and burdens that they carried in this life and the things that they went through so that they could continually serve Christ, I believe they would tell us today it was worth it to see him. They understood what Paul was saying in 2 Corinthians and appreciate John for reading that earlier. 2 Corinthians 4 beginning in verse 16 where it says, we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our outer self is wasting away, that that ship is sinking, we are perishing, we are drowning, we are dying and with every breath we're one breath closer to our last. Paul understands that. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. And we saw that with servants like Karen, didn't we? As her body was failing her, her spirit was getting stronger. And that desire to help and serve was being stronger. We've seen that in many servants here at Central. That outer body may fail, but that spirit and that soul is strong and on fire to do the work of God. Verse 17, Paul says this, For this light, momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. That burden that we're carrying, the expectation 
the deadlines, the, the past sin, the past mistakes, that burden that we're carrying, that weight, that weight is making us stronger. And Paul says we need it because the weight that we're going to exchange it for, the good weight, the weight of glory beyond all comparison. We need to work out because we got something big that we're going to need to carry and you're really going to enjoy carrying that. And the soldiers of the cross who have gone on before us, man, they understand that eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Where expectations don't exist, where deadlines don't exist, peer pressure, toxic relationships, overdraft fees, finals, and an uncaring world no longer exists. We want you to cast your cares upon Jesus because he cares for you. And if you're not a Christian, that can happen today. You can get rid of those, those burdens. You can cast them onto Jesus and have that weight of glory beyond all comprehension set aside for you. If you've not become a Christian, do that today. Put him on in faith, repentance, confession, and baptism. And if you are struggling underneath the load of, of a heavy burden and you need our prayers, we want to be that for you. We want to care for you. We can't care for you as good as Jesus can, but we can do our best, and we can pray for you, and we can pray with you. Whatever your need may be, please come as together we stand and sing.
Tim, thank you for that amazing message today. <clears throat> Before we partake of the Lord's Supper and uh, 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 finish up the uh, service for today, we'll be singing hymn number 364. First chapter of first John beginning in verse five, it reads as follows. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we come before you thanking you for the light of your son, they came into this dark world to show your glory. We thank you for this memorial and the fellowship with each other and the fellowship with you. And as we take this memorial, we ask that you help us to remember that broken body of Jesus, who is our savior. In Jesus' name, amen.
Let's pray again. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this fruit of the vine that represents your son's precious blood that washes away our sin. As we partake of it, help us to remember that scene, to remember that grace and that love and that obedience to you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we gather together, we have an opportunity to give back. Before we do so, let's pray again, please. Almighty God, you give us every blessing, every good gift we know comes from you. Help us as we give back that we may do so cheerfully in a way pleasing in your sight. Be with those overseeing these funds that they may be used in the best way to glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to echo what Tim said to our college students that are with us today. Welcome, and um, we hope you'll make this your home, your church home. We really do care about you, and uh, we'd love to help if you'll let us know what your needs are. And um, just feel free. Anytime we can do anything to help you, please let us know. We're also going to talk about another young person while, uh, while we're here together. And this young person we'd like to highlight is Gene Arrowwood. Gene Arrowwood is uh, marking a significant milestone um, because uh, we've been made aware this is his 50th year of serving as an elder of this congregation. Is that not amazing? 50 years um, of serving as an elder. Uh, Gene first came into my life, I, I probably had met him a time or two before, but in the spring of 1983, he along with the other two elders of this congregation, uh, Walter Pugh and Leon Parrish, visited the Northeast Church of Christ in Kingsport on a Sunday when I was uh, supposed to be preaching, and I did, I guess. And amazingly, after hearing me preach, they asked me to consider coming here and serving as the preacher here. And so Gene has always held a very special place in my heart because of his confidence and that of the other two elders in, in me. Um, and, and I've always admired Gene, watching him, uh, participating with him. A couple of things I have noted is that Gene has never really acted his age. He's never acted his age. In the early 1990s, I believe it was, and, and this was not many months or maybe not even many weeks after undergoing heart bypass surgery, uh, Gene went with the youth group on a whitewater rafting trip down the Nolachucky River. I mean, really. Um, and, and he was one of those, one of the few in that group that took a side trip, hiked up a little ways, and jumped off about a 20-foot ledge into the cold water below. Um, he led the way, and um, I, I was amazed at that, like I've been amazed at Gene's uh, example on many other occasions. I was not there on his 88th birthday, I believe it was, when he celebrated by jumping out of an airplane. Um, that's not my idea of celebrating a birthday, but, but it, it was his. And he, along with his daughter, his grandson, and his great-granddaughter, did just that in Middle Tennessee. And I believe the next year he celebrated by riding a motorcycle down the Natchez Trace Parkway in Middle Tennessee. This man is amazing in so many ways, but he's amazing because of his dedication. His dedication to the Lord, 
and to the Lord's church, particularly here at Central. I've been here a little over 38 years now myself, and I've seen a lot of things come and go, but one constant has been Gene Airwood. His love for the Lord, his love for the Lord's people, his love for the church. And, and we just really appreciate Gene. Gene, I wonder if you would please come up here and um, if your family would like to join you in coming up as well. His daughters are both here this morning. I uh, don't think Gary is here this morning, but um, I'd like for them to be up here standing with you at the same time. This is Carol and Margaret, uh, Gene's daughters. They both grew up in the church here as well. Both now live in Nashville and um, they had a little something to do with this uh, celebration that we're having. In case you haven't read this um, note in the bulletin, let me just read quickly the note that is in today's bulletin. We would like to honor Gene Airwood for his 50 years of service as an elder at Central. He has served as a song leader, substitute preacher, interim youth minister, and Bible teacher over the years. Brother Airwood has been instrumental in all the building programs, including the new church building on Oakland, moving from Boone and Watauga downtown, two expansions of the older building, and more recently, the new auditorium in which we are located right now, the fellowship hall and additional classrooms. At 92 years old, he is still active in the growth of the church and continues to serve with much love and dedication for the congregation. His daughters, son-in-law, three grandsons, and 13 great-grandchildren all reside in Nashville. And we just can't thank Gene enough. And this is a pretty mild way of saying it, Gene, but this plaque has been prepared for you. It says, presented to Gene Arrowwood with deep appreciation for 50 years of dedicated service as an elder of the Central Church of Christ, Johnson City, Tennessee, 1971 to 2021. Gene, God bless you. Thank you for all you have done Thank for the you. church here. Turn and, turn and look at your daughters. Take, take another picture. Yes. And uh, would you like to say something? I would. I, I think you've earned it. I just wanted to say this is embarrassing. I had no idea that this was going to take place. And, uh, but if you let my daughters know what, what your age are, what's going on, they take off, you know. And they, they get in cut Tim and fill him in on everything. But uh, been, I have been blessed with two wonderful daughters. Both of them are Christians and both of them are great women. And uh, I love them and appreciate them so much. But more than that, I appreciate the congregation that has allowed me to be with them all these years. And it has been a long journey. It has been normal bumps along the way, but we all survived. And thank you, thank you, congregation, thank you. <laughs> oh. All right. John, I think you're... Can you still tell me? pray. Lord, we are thankful for the blessing of this day and this opportunity we've had to express our love and devotion to you. Father, as we journey on through this life, be with us uh, each step of the way, guide our path, help us to keep our focus on Christ, to always look to him. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> 